eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, up to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome everybody, it's time for another edition of Turning Two with Booney here on the Brett Boone Podcast. I'm the Executive Director. Rich Herrera, along with the gold glove winning, silver slugging, golfing fiend, binge watching freak, Red Boone. How you doing, Rich? And yeah, my golf this week played it. It wasn't good. Now but we're going to talk about that. I, I got to come but, up with different ways to introduce you every week so people know that we we do this on a weekly basis. That on the third edition of the podcast, it's you and me, and we get to see what it's like to be Brett Boone. You got it. All right, and also it's... Uh, How exciting is that today? Uh, it gives me a break, too. Once again, I've already said that every time we've had Turning Two with Boom, but I do like... This is more what I've done my whole life, being right. in the in the number two chair and answering questions. I can, I can slouch in my chair. You know, I like to have the pen available to add a little professionalism to it, but... Uh, Don't slouch I'm, that much. I'm ready to go. All right. I want to start off the podcast today by thanking... Yankees 25 BB. You know who that is? Yankees, if I had to guess, uh, that would be, I got no clue. You know what? That's the dude that listened to us last week and said, hey, I'm going to give a review of the Boone podcast. So Yankees 25 BB said this about the podcast. He said, great pod. By far the best podcast out there. Great guest and awesome stories. Love it. 
Yankees, 25 BB, <laughs> thank you. You got it. That away, Yankees 25 BB. If you I want like, us to I like mention the BB. you, yeah, if you want to mention us, leave us a review, subscribe to the podcast on uh, the Odyssey app or wherever you get your uh, podcast. We would love it. And again, big shout out to Yankees 25 BB. I wonder if he's a Tixera fan. Could be. Or I a think BB, so. he could be a Boone fan. Brett Boone. He Always thinking, Rich. Always thinking. All right. There you go. All right. Let's get into it. What are we going to talk about this week? Um, saw this. Justin Verlander becomes the 25th pitcher to beat all 30 teams in Major League Baseball. Boom. Big deals. Little deal. Well, it, it's not something we're measured on, obviously. Uh, it'd be like you hit a home run against every team. Uh, that That's great, but it's nothing he set out to do. I think Justin's career speaks for itself. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, for sure. The incredible thing to me that, that Justin's done, he's always been a great pitcher, but, I mean, he's pitching into, you know, we're, we're looking at 40 years old now. And mm-hmm. he, he's come he's coming back from an injury. Uh, he came back from an injury a year ago, won the Cy Young. Uh, not too many people do that. Only the elite guys that I've ever competed against have, have the ability to do that at such a, a late in the game age. Uh, he's coming back from, from an injury this year, signed the big deal, um, signed the big deal this off season, went to the Mets and, uh, yeah, collected his way. I, I'm sure that's just another feather in his cap for him. Uh, something Definitely not too many people have done, especially in today's today's day and age where wins aren't at a premium. You know, if it's 1986 uh, right. and you do something like that, that's a big deal because wins are what it's all about. Um, but to be able in to today's- do it for that long that you beat every team in both leagues says something for the level like of said, play I- and longevity. Yeah, I can't. I- there's there's not enough to say about him he's he's one of the best right handers of i I don't want to just say a generation when i say generation i think about my generation that i played in in that 15 20 year window i think it i think it uh, expands beyond that for a justin verlander maybe the one of the best pitchers in the last 30 40 years which which is two generations in my opinion you know from what i think of generational uh, baseball wise, who was so, the best generational? Who who was the best pitcher? Because Boone played from the nineties into the year nineties and two thousands. Uh, that's up for debate with me. You know, you know my go to answer, Maddox Smoltz Glavin. It makes it easy. The conversation kind of ends. The whoever asked me says, "Oh yeah, they were great." In the nineties, they were great. Uh, the three of them together uh, were as good as anybody, as as good a foe as as anybody. Uh, let's see. And nice teammates to play behind. Great teammates to play behind. I think. Okay, well, let me let me do it. Let me do it this way then. Um, you can't there's a lot of guy. There's a lot of guys that are in the conversation, Rich. Okay, that's, let's that's what I'm say. Conversation then. Seattle. Randy Johnson, maybe the premier left-hander. He's in the argument for in the history of the game, uh, but definitely the greatest ever in Seattle Mariner history. And like I said, he he's in the conversation for the best to ever do it. Um, because I looked through, you know, generationally, Randy Johnson, amazing. You you played with him, you played with uh Glavin Spoltz Maddox. Um, who else are you gonna throw on that list? 
I'm going to throw for a four or five year period, Pedro Martinez. Okay. That's about as good as it got. I mean, he was so dominant for that. You want to talk about longevity, greatness. Is that Red uh, Sox, Pedro Martinez? Yes. Okay. I, I came up with Pedro. Pedro and myself played against each other in, in AAA in the Coast League. That's where I first faced Pedro for the first time. He obviously went on to Montreal, went to Boston. Uh, one of the greatest to ever do it. Roger Clemens, seven Cy Youngs. That speaks for itself. One of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, that's who come to mind right now. In modern day, Verlander's right there. Scherzer, first ballot. You go over to the National League, Clayton Kershaw. Right, I was going to just first, ask about first that. ballot. Uh, I was thinking okay, about well, Clayton- okay. Wait a minute, hold on. We got to we got to separate the generations. Then, all right. So now I know Boone's generation. Now let's talk about today's generation. So you're going to put out there, obviously Clayton Kershaw. These are guys with bodies of work. These aren't right. the younger pitchers. No, no, these still are bodies, of work. This bodies is of work. Bodies of work. Scherzer for sure. Uh, Verlander for sure. Kershaw for sure. Kershaw is in that Koufax conversation. Okay. He's in the Randy Johnson conversation. He's in the Tom Glavin conversation as the greatest left-handers of all time. So that's a that's a pretty unique situation Absolutely. to be in. When you talk about a Verlander and a Scherzer, uh, of course you have to put them in the conversation with the, with the greatest of the greats. Go back to Bob Gibson. Because uh, we're talking greatest of, not the greatest the greatest of the generation. So there's multiple that you can right, put in. There's, right, but I think any ones that are the best of that, their generation have to be put in the conversation long-term. You have to. If if Barry, if, if let's let's call it Babe Ruth, and we talk about Ruthisms all the time. Right. You get something named Ruthism after you, you're a pretty big deal. So you start with that. You go into the DiMaggio's and... and uh, Ted Williams. The Ted Williams. Uh and, and move it on to the next generation of great players. Uh, my generation, it was Barry Bonds, Mickey Mantle. These are, these are. Today it's we, Mike Trout. Today it's Mike Trout. So if you're the best of the best for your generation, you have to be in that big conversation yeah. for all time. So I would put Mike Trout in the Babe Ruth conversation. I'm also going to put Barry Bonds. I'm also going to put Mickey Mantle. I'm also going to put. Ted Williams, uh, Ted Williams uh, of course. If you're the best of your generation, you're in the big picture conversation. Madison Bumgarner, does he just? Uh, I think he's just hang- hanging him up. Does he make that list? No, he's doesn't have the body of work, but uh, he's more of that short term. I, I think you put Madison Bumgarner in one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time. Right in my eyes. The greatest postseason performance of all time. I believe that was correct me if I'm wrong. Two fourteen ish. Yeah. When when he went uh, on three days rest, on two days rest, and I, I think he went on one close. day's rest. And not only I thought he was going to come in and face a, a particular left handed hitter, he finished the game with three innings. Right. That was the greatest postseason performance I've ever seen. Okay, so someone's sitting in their car right now, or they're on the they're on a, a stationary bike, or they're on the treadmill, and they're screaming one other name. They're like. Boom. Come on. How can you leave this guy out? Give me somebody who might, for your generation, whoever's we, on that treadmill right now is getting mad because you didn't mention them. We're talking hitter. We're talking pitchers. We're talking pitchers. Pitchers. My generation. My Your generation. So you we, we obviously we said the big unit. We said the big three from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But there, and, and you said Petey, Pedro Martinez. 
There's got to be one more that somebody else. Clemens. Clemens. Okay. Maybe one more that's on the cusp, but we're going to fight about it at a sports bar. Wow. Because you know there's somebody listening right now screaming at their phone like, Boone, why not? I'm listening and oh. Man, that is a tough. I, I, I think I'm going to throw a name at you. Okay. For for short term. Yep. Uh, oh, help me out with him, Rich. We go shilling? Kevin Brown Uh-oh. for a three, three or four year period. Yeah. Good luck facing him. Uh, Schilling, Schilling, great. Uh, actually, got better as his as his sure. career progressed. Uh, first half of his career, Kurt Schilling, I have no problem facing him. Comfortable at bat for me. Obviously, very good, top notch pitcher. But when he in his Arizona days and his Boston days, when he came up with a split finger, that was next level, Kurt Schilling. If he would have been, if he if he would have had that split from the get go, uh, I, I think we'd be talking about Kurt Schilling Hall of Famer right now but I don't think he got to that Hall of Fame level until the second half of his career and, and now I think you know the debate is did he do it long enough and and that's going to be out there for a while I think eventually Kurt Schilling will probably get into the Hall of Fame in some capacity but uh definitely the second half of his career split finger Kurt Schilling uh, without a doubt Hall of Fame but the debate's there first half was it enough Okay, so you mentioned Kevin Brown. I saw Kevin Brown throw a uh, no-hitter. First time I ever saw a no-no thrown at Candlestick Park against the Giants. Talking about Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown was one of those guys. There was a couple guys I faced uh, early in my career that I thought they could go out there with one pitch and complete a big league game. There's not too many guys that have the ability to do that. Kevin Brown could have done it. Uh Ramon Martinez, mm. who is Pedro's older brother, could do when it. When he pitched for the Dodgers. With just the fastball. Very rare. I wouldn't say that about too many people, but Kevin Brown, at his peak, was throwing about a 94 to 96 mile an hour fastball with Greg Maddox movement. Mm. One of the heaviest balls I've ever faced. And it's basically, listen, I'm throwing you a two-seamer, Booney. It's going to start down the middle. It's going to break over the inner half. Good luck with it. And uh, pretty impressive. Okay. I've seen it before where, you, where the hitters are telling me, I know what's coming. I just can't do anything. I know where it's going to start. I know where it's going to end. I know it's going to move. I just can't touch it. Well, there's certain pitches, and there's certain, and, and there's not too many of them. Uh, I it come to mind a Trevor Trevor Hoffman. And we're going to talk about him in just a sec. A Trevor Hoffman changeup. Trevor could tell you me knew it's coming over a microphone. Booney, I am throwing you a changeup, and it's 50-50 whether I'm going to put it in play. And it, and, and for Why 90, was it so tough. It just seemed like it never got there. The arm action was just, impeccable. You were just Bugs Bunny, right? The arm action was the same arm action on his fastball. So that there was the deception there. Uh, the, the differentiant between the fastball and the changeup was more than most. Usually there's a, uh, 10, 10, right? 10 mile an hour. Trevor's was more 15. So that's always an advantage because we're trained to hit a certain way, Rich. If it's 92 to 93 with a fastball and your sliders, 83 to 85, we're trained as hitters. We know what that difference is. All of a sudden you throw that breaking ball at 78. We're not trained for that. We're not ready for that, and and it throws us off. Trevor was that one. His fastball sat in the low 90s in his heyday. 
uh, but his changeup was was 76, and it just never got there. Tommy Glavin's changeup never got there. Mariano Rivera's cutter was remarkably heavy. I, I usually talk about a heavy fastball. That's a two-seam fastball, the Kevin Brown, the Greg Maddox sinker, heavy, feels like a bowling ball coming off your bat. Rarely is a, is a, is a cutter heavy. It's usually light. It's just the movement going away from you you're not used to. But Mariano's cutter was like a bowling ball, only it wasn't a sinker. Does that make sense? Am, am I? No, 100%. Uh, yeah, so, so he had a special pitch like that. Uh, Billy Wagner's fastball, it was 100, but it was a different 100. I, I couldn't see it. They said it, it's, it's impossible for a pitch to rise. I swear Wagner's ball rose. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not when you get into the physics of it, but, but my eyes told me it did. So let me get back to what you were saying about you're trained to hit a certain way. You're trained to see the arm action and expect it to be on top of you like that. Um, how did you do against knuckleballers? Did you face Wakefield or Candiotti? First knuckleballer I ever faced was Charlie Huff, uh, one of the pioneers of it. That's uh, obviously, obviously, Necro being one, never faced Necro. Uh, Charlie Huff, uh, Candiotti, who was people call him a knuckleballer, but he's it, and I think if you ask Tommy, he'd call himself more of a curveball pitcher because right. anytime he thought the knuckleball was coming, he'd slap a curveball in on you, and it was a big 12 6 slow. Uh, acted as a knuckleball. He also had that knuckleball. So Huff was the first one, Candiotti, and then Wakefield, who was the majority of my career. Uh, I faced him. Another guy I faced in the minor leagues. I, I faced Wakefield in A-ball. Really? Uh, he, he started throwing that knuckleball. He was a position player. He changed to be a pitcher, and that's where it all started in the Carolina League for him. Faced him throughout my career. Uh, I, there's somebody I'm missing. Uh, How did you do against them? Sparks. Oh, he was a knuckleballer. I, I faced him in Detroit. Steve Sparks? I'd say, yeah, I would yeah. say for the most part, when okay, when you're in the zone and you're hitting and everything's going good, you're seeing the ball good, you're having good at bats. The last thing on earth you want to see is a knuckleball pitcher. Okay. Because all of a sudden now it's like a slow pitch softball game. Because I can do everything right, be on time, put a perfect swing on the ball and come up empty. Because you just, it's so unpredictable what it's going to do at the last minute. Does it really dance? It really dances. And when, I, quite the contrary, let's say I'm lost. I'm over my last 12. I can't buy a hit. And a knuckleballer's pitching, I think to myself, maybe I got a chance against him, you know, because <laughs> I don't have a chance against the traditional over the top fastball slider guy. Uh, hey, I'll take my chances today, go up there maybe with a different bat, get my softball stance and have at it. That is awesome. That is awesome. By the way, for those of you that are listening to the podcast, uh, Brett's got a smile ear to ear talking about facing a knuckleballer. Yeah, it's no, it's like I said, it's a tale of two different worlds. When I was yeah. hot, Rich, and, and now all of a sudden Wakefield's coming, I'm going, What come on, what is this? A circus? <laughs> I, I'm I'm on, you know, I'm I'm feeling good in there. He could screw me up for a week. Really? Yeah. I mean, he pot he had that ability because it's such a different animal. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Um, we, you, you just spoke about Trevor because I actually have my notes. And I wanted to bring him up. Uh, pretty exclusive fraternity of closers with 400-plus saves. Kenley Jansen, now Kenley the Boston Jansen. Red Sox, joins that fraternity. So it's Mo with 652, Trevor with 600, Lee Smith, 478, uh, Francisco Rodriguez, 437, uh, John Franco, 424, Billy Wagner, 422, and now Kenley Jansen joins that illustrious group with 400. Reaction? That's a pretty that's a pretty good group you just mentioned. A lot of the guys I've faced in my career. And, and I think... I think as time goes on, that that closer role, you know, didn't start really about 30 years ago where really closer meant something. Uh, Before that, it was by committee in the bullpen. Um, So I think you're going to see that group rise as time goes on. I think there's going to be more people in that 400 club. That being said, uh, pretty elite company he's with right there. And, And I've watched. Jansen over the years, another position player that changed into being a closer. I believe he was a catcher. He's a coming catcher up that the, couldn't throw straight. Right. Uh, the impressive thing about Jansen, he, he's a three-time All-Star. He's led the league in saves a couple times. I believe he's saved 40 more games four times. Uh, the impressive thing about him, though, was a couple years ago they said he was done. They were writing him off. He couldn't throw a strike. Uh, When he did throw a strike, it it was being put in play hard. And that's usually the the tale of closers. You know, they're on fire, they're unhittable, and then one day they can't get anybody out and they go off into the sunset and that's the end of it. Uh, The impressive thing for me about Kenley is he was all but written off. All of a sudden he found something last year. Uh, tweaked his delivery, worked with somebody in the offseason, changed it up, and a noticeable change on the mound. And uh, had a good year. And then going into this year, he's got a sub-1 ERA uh, with a new team in Boston. And, uh, you know, I, he's got – let me see here. He's got nine saves to start the season. Uh, truly pretty darn good and and uh, pretty big accomplishment, 400 okay. save club. Let me, let me throw a scenario out at you. You ready? You're playing at the old Safeco Field, now T-Mobile Park, where you and I are going to hang out during the All-Star game this year. Right? Well, I'll, I'll decide as we get closer. Depends how you do on turning two with Boone. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to work really hard at this. So, bottom of the ninth inning, two away. Uh, each your row is on second base. I need bottom to knock. Of, oh, wait, a, wait a minute. Bottom of the ninth inning. Yeah. You're, 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 you're down by – no, you're tie game. Tie game. Uh, each row standing at second base. Okay. Boone's coming to the plate, two outs. Right. Who is the last man on earth you want to see standing on the mound trying to finish off a ball game? Who is the toughest closer? So we're just going to limit it to closers. Yeah. For me. For me. For you. Because there's certain, like, when I worked at Tampa Bay, uh, we knew that, you don't want to go. You don't want to go to the bottom of the ninth with Mo coming in. Game over. There's Without certain closers doubt. that you know they short. The announcers will say they shorten the ball game. Well, there's not there's not too many closers that I face that I ever liked facing because they're all they're closers for a reason. 
Right. They're nasty. And even on your best day, I'll give you an example. Mariano, I faced him quite a bit in, in the postseason, not too much during the regular season. Didn't mind Mariano. Uh, I felt when I stepped in the box, I knew it was coming. It was going to be a cutter away. It was going to be heavy. So I was in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm not trying to lift this ball. I'm not trying to hurt him. I'm not trying to hit a ball in the gap. I'm not. I'm the last thing on my mind is home run because that ball, my, my swing, the way that ball felt on my bat, it, it, it wasn't, it wouldn't have been, uh, there's no wise. There's no carry to it. So I, I, I would resolve myself on deck, say, okay, it's Mariano. He's going to throw your cutters away. You're going to take your base hit to right. And you're going to move on with life. You're not going to take him deep. You're not going to hit, get an extra base hit. I had that approach. approach. Not, yeah, yeah, kind of, but not exaggerated. It wasn't, yeah. you wouldn't know I was in my two strike approach, but the thought process was that I'm going to take my base hit to right and I'm going to live to, to play another game. Um, and I didn't mind Mariano. That being said, I think Mariano is the greatest of all time. Yeah. The guys that I had trouble with, Trevor gave me trouble. I think I took him deep <laughs> once, so I can't put him in this. Up. I'm going to look at a guy that I know for a fact, I never got a hit off. And we've, we've already mentioned him, Billy Wagner. Really? He, it's not that I didn't see his ball. Well, it looked like a beach ball coming up there, but I could not for the life of me, get a base hit off Billy Wagner. It wasn't an uncomfortable at bat. I saw right. the ball. Great. Uh, he would occasionally throw me a breaking ball. It wouldn't fool me, but I'll tell you time after time, he'd throw me that fastball where my eyes light up going, I'm going to get this one. And I'd pop it straight up. So uh, I don't know if he's the last guy I'd want to face because it was a comfortable at bat. I felt like I had a chance, but I think the statistics bear it out uh, over whatever that I didn't have too much of a chance. Okay. Third story to talk about. Um, I don't know if you saw this, that, you know, Fernando Tatis, now that he's back, is playing in the outfield. Mm -hmm. So he came up with a uh, base hit into right field, came up throwing. 100 miles an hour. Don't care. Don't care. Okay, well, that, that, that's the part. Right. That, right that's, a, that's a part of me that I don't care. I don't care how hard the ball comes off your bat. I don't care how fast you throw the ball. I care about efficiency. I care about catch throw. How long did it take him by the time that ball hit his glove to get it online to the base he was throwing to? That's what a great outfielder was. Uh you talk about Ichiro earlier right. as fundamentally sound catch throws I've ever seen. I came up with another guy who wasn't necessarily known for his defense, but fundamentally catch throw was as good as anybody I ever played with Jay Buhner. Oh, and, and people don't talk about him as a, as a defensive guru, but fundamentally catch throw Jay was as good at anybody as getting that ball in his hands on a line to you, hit you in the chest. He was as good as anybody I've ever seen. So I don't care how hard you throw it. It doesn't matter. It's what, what did it take to get there? That being said, Tatis, one of my, one of my favorite talent. I know he's one of my favorite talents out there. He's playing right field. He's just an athlete that could play anywhere you put him. He's a shortstop. And you know what I think about shortstops? It's the toughest position by far in the field defensively. Right. And if you're a if you're a major league shortstop, you can play anywhere on the field. Okay. So when you're the so I also noticed because this Carlos Correa he threw out of the plate, and Correa kept looking back, looking back, looking back. What are you thinking as a as a base runner running in, trying to score, and you've got somebody with a hose out there like Tatis or Ichiro, or you know we've had uh, Harold Reynolds on the program and. 
there's the famous Bo Jackson throwing him out. Uh, yeah, from where, right where you can't believe that Bo got to that ball, got rid of it so quickly, and then just threw a seed to get him. Yeah, guys that come to mind, you know, back in the day, it was Dave Parker. It was Ellis Valentine. Oh. And then you get into a Raul Mondesi. I'm going to help me out here. Pittsburgh Pirate, early 90s, right fielder, was about as good as anybody I've ever seen from an arm strength standpoint. I can't think of his name. Not Vance Like. He was in center. It wasn't Vance Like. Uh, Um, I'll come up with it. Anyway, back to your question. So do you know? So, okay. No, I take take everything into consideration. I take into consideration the velocity the ball was hit. Uh, if I can get my eye on it now, if it's down the right field line, if I'm running scoring from first base or second base, once I scoring from first base, everything from the right fielder over to the line, that's the, that's the third base coach. He's my eyes. Okay. Uh, everything from right field over that's my i'm watching the play as i'm rounding the bases but i'm going to take into consideration velocity the ball was hit where it was hit who's the fielder out there and then i'm going to take into consideration who is my third base coach because when i had a third base coach that i trusted uh i'm rolling with him i'm looking for him and and i'm not going to make any decision i never ran through a stoplight and and i never uh I never stopped when I was when I was waved home. So I'll, that's where the confidence comes. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes it was the right call to send the guy. But everything went so picture perfect that if you did it 10 times, they couldn't recreate that two or three times. It just happened on that particular play. Everything went perfect. The throw was perfect. So I don't know. I've been surprised sometimes. I thought I was going to be easily safe and it was close. I've been surprised where I thought I was going to be safe and I was out. And, and there's times where I'm halfway between third and home knowing that third base coach made a mistake and somehow I score. So that's one of those things that's that's very uh, – it's not in cement, right. that answer. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 